I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome on today's episode. We have Greg Papania. This guy is a musical producer genius. He sat down and designed these musical sound baths and sound frequencies that is able to clean the energetic field of an individual just putting on a pair of headphones. And if you guys want to catch Greg's work, head on over to gregpapania.com. Hello and welcome to the show, Greg. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Greg, uh, where are you from? Um, outer space. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, grew up in New Jersey in uh, America. And now I, I live in Los Angeles. Been here, here uh, 15 years. Oh, cool. And what did your parents do? Were they workers or educators? or? My mother was a teacher. My father, uh, he was an entrepreneur. He owned his own uh, businesses steel and metals and, and trucking he was in. And, and what was the environment like growing up in a family that was not, had a father as an entrepreneur? It was interesting. I was kind of left to my own devices most of the time in the basement with my instruments or in my room with my books. <laughs> so... I, know I have a lot of time for imagination. Greg Papania. Yeah, I mean, the, the family dynamic was... Genius. They were very so busy doing what they were doing. Musical it, it wasn't one of, a, of a lot of uh, artistic endeavor, to if you will. That was really everything I explore on my own. It was, you know, my escape, my rebellion, work, et cetera, over to, to Greg explore arts um, and creation and music and the amazing freedom within all of that. What kind of music do you like listening to? Everything. I'm not really a big fan of country, <laughs> but uh, really all, all types of music from psychedelic rock. I love what Radiohead does, one of my favorite groups, but I, I love orchestral music and jazz. Love jazz. 
real jazz, old jazz, Thelonious Monk, and then of course Miles Davis and John Coltrane and all, all that kind of stuff, Charlie Parker. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of uh, modern pop music unless it's done, you know, really well. I, I respect art in different ways, and then there's things I like to really put on and, and take in, and of course ambient music. I, I love ambient music. Awesome. And when you were growing up, was it jazz kind of played around the house, or how did you come uh, to loving to it? Yes, but not the kind of jazz I like. They they played smooth jazz was on twenty four seven, and the, what's interesting is that that station did play some good stuff. It was like they were able to classify it as smooth jazz, like Steely Dan, which is an incredible band and i and i love them and certain songs would play on the station so i so i definitely got elements of certain things that i enjoyed but i discovered on my own i was i was always a i would just dive into music on my own when i was younger and and friends would give me stuff and we would share things and a lot of it really started with alternative rock stone temple pilots nirvana soundgarden all that kind of stuff that was around in the early 90s then I got into electronic music, house music, techno, trance, and then I was also got deep into hip hop music. So I, I go through phases, I suppose. The exploration continues. When you're kind of your team listening to music and it's creating this huge flow of imagination while listening to it, were you kind of taking that stuff or were you just in that flow of just enjoying the whatever the music was? Yeah, I was definitely inspired, absolutely. Um, I would certainly you know, listen just for the enjoyment, but at a certain point when I was a teenager, really be listening to how the songs were constructed, to the sounds that were used, the intricacies of the production. And that really, uh, I just really took a fascination with it. And I wanted to know, how did they do it? Because it was so, it was a lot of parts were very mysterious to me. How did they get that sound? I would spend a lot of time analyzing and attempting to recreate the sounds to see what I can do. And it's interesting how that the, the depth of creation is very interesting to me. And it takes or it took me a long time to really understand that what goes into any type of creation, music being one example, there are just so many intricacies that most folks don't understand or don't know about if they aren't involved in it. But I also think those intricacies can apply to really to anything. It could be applied to car washing. It could apply to picking up the trash. There's, there's a lot of steps in life to really creating something powerful and whole. And at that stage, why the intricacy, or why did you become fascinated in the construction of the song as well as the lyrics? I don't know. It was really a calling. It was a feeling. It was just a feeling. It just came in like a like lightning i was looking for some i was hungry for something you know i wanted to i just got that buzz to accomplish something to be successful at something first i was actually i was a very interested i was interested in the stock market for a period of time and then that sort of faded and then and then it was just music it was just so interesting and I, and there was certainly an element of ego in it too and watching like VH1, MTV, watching these artists, fancy, flashy cars and parties. And there was an element of that that spoke to me of the lonely kid in the basement wanting to be accepted and seen and celebrated and have a good time. 
is that what you want to watch and kind of as i say what you watch becomes your what you want is that how you felt at that time we we all have different needs or voids that we're attempting to fill based on our various life experiences so that was to be seen to be loved to be celebrated to be noticed to feel accomplished to feel something like that was was a big void for me then and so in loving music and then seeing people you know being celebrated and and also having a good time too they just look like they're having such a great time that's that just spoke to my to my soul and when it spoke to your soul do you feel like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life is make music or yes at that time yeah there was a period of time where i where i quit music for a number of years i listened to people who i thought knew better than me who were extending their insecurities on me uh, probably unbeknownst to them not you know not that they were trying to necessarily do any harm to me but you know people think it's, it's unstable it's to be an artist to uh, be in music or any type of art and it's not really true if if your soul's calling is to something then you know you the universe will support you and the doors will open and it will be right and it shows in this success i had early on in my early 20s with working with lots of artists as a recording engineer and a mixing engineer and i worked on lots of uh, big projects and popular projects had a great time and then and then there was a sort of a gap after that and then i came back to it and then the doors started flying open again it just shows you when you're in the right place the the wind will really take you up i like that it's like the saying gallop in the wind and the wind will follow you and when you're with your soul that then ex- expands the speed of the, the rate that you, and the knot that you go at to become so successful in what you want to do absolutely in that time you had that gap between um being a producer and an engineer to uh, kind of unraveling and figuring out what else and then going back to music what what did that teach you wow a lot it taught me i i learned gratitude i learned compassion i learned about enjoyment i learned about the depths of creation and artistry and um a lot of that came through uh, i wrote a, a couple novels in that time and i wrote a number of screenplays in that time because i needed to be creative but i was sort of hiding and running from my strongest attribute which was music but in in creating in these other uh, mediums i really truly learned about what it takes to create something amazing and the depth and the time and the care and the exploration and the pain and the joy and all of it and the life experience it was it was all that <laughs> it was what i needed i suppose it really was a dissolution of of a lot of ego uh, a, a, a scared ego. How do you come to terms with that scared ego? Layer by layer, you strip it down layer by layer. You know, it's it's a it's an onion, and um, bit by bit, modality by modality. <laughs> you know, therapist by therapist, plant medicine by plant medicine, experience by experience, realizing that the, the universe and life is actually conspiring with us it is on our team and it's giving us what we need so even in the hardships it's going you need this lesson and the only way to learn it right now and the only way to embody it because just in the mind is is really not enough to to really feel it could be a hardship could be a hard road for a number of years 
so so many things. When I'm listening, I hear the story that's kind of popping into is the Sistine Chapel, how how it took for years and years, but yet when it came out, it was something stunning. I I'm hearing something similar in, in your story, if that's correct. How that gap was for you to continue that creativity, but ex- explore outside of music. Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. It's like. Um, you know, it's like training for the Olympics and, and you're a swimmer, but they also have you running, jumping, dancing, gymnastics, but you swim. And so in all those things, you, you learn deeper about yourself, about your creative outlet. And you realize that they all relate at the core of it all, the, the, you know, that being able to listen to that creative channel and not judge it, just allow creation to come in, to be what it is, to nurture it. It's like having a child, you know? If you if you judge and you admit, oh, I wanna make it like this, and I wanna make it like that, that becomes a, sort of a, dis- a distortion. Yeah, it's really beautiful to, um, I don't know how else I would have found some of the tools that I have now without that time, even though sometimes I look at it and go, wow, man, what you wasted a little bit of time there, but, it, it, like all of, all of us, if we didn't need the detour, then we wouldn't have taken the detour. We wouldn't have needed it. It wasn't the one we needed. So Yeah, it was meant for us at that time to evolve us into the genius that we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Greg, with all the artists you worked with, did they kind of te- did every artist teach you something about them and you at the same time and working with them? Sure. Of course. And now more than ever, actually. Early 20s, I, there was a certain set of skills being learned, and I... It was probably more in the in the technical or, or working with various types of amazing producers and seeing how they construct songs and seeing how they create. And I got to see how many different incredible producers and artists would create. And so that that just all got into the toolbox. So there's so there's so many ways you can start a creation. I, I've been able to learn all those and, and they all may evoke different results. And then also certainly um, seeing how People interact with each other, see the different personalities, the different egos, see how people interact with the corporate folks, see how they interact with the managers, see how they interact with each other, see who responds positively to, you know, certain behavior and what what does work, what doesn't work. And now I learn from them on a deeper level that become these mirrors of ways I can refine my process new ways of creating i work with a new artist now which sometimes i'm not used to and they have the whole they come with insecurities they come with unknown things and that that then teaches me ways to be patient and to interface in a certain way and become a teacher in a in certain ways so it's really a vast platter of of learning <laughs> It also sounds like you're the navigator in, on the ship where you're navigating the, the instruments, how it's orchestrated in engineering and production aspect comparing to the artist. They have the, the map on just the, the, the ship of what they want to do and you're kind of combining it together to, to be on the ocean. That is true, yes. And it does fluctuate depending on the project. Some people, their map is not too fleshed out. So I have to help them with that or, and help them find it. I like to, I want them to find it on their own. That is something I learned from one of my book editors who is an absolute master. He's in his 80s, been creating and guiding for a long time. He would make me find it on my own. He would just point in a direction. I'll go over there. What's over there? I don't know. Just go over there. Okay. And and that's that's empowering 
is what that is. You know, it's it's just old cliches of teach someone how to fish and they're going to eat for a lifetime. Yeah, sometimes people have clear vision and we can get right on the sea and I can help steer this ship and we do something really beautiful and sometimes I got to help them with their map. And most of the time I can see exactly where we need to go. But if the person hasn't been on that journey, they can't completely understand that. And sometimes they need to take detours, which can be annoying or painful for me because I know we shouldn't go over here. The water is kind of choppy, but they need to go there and feel that. Probably your ears have become so attuned now that you can hear something and it's like, no, no, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know? Uh, Yeah, 100 percent. Comes with experience with anything. You know, you, you have a knowing it's intuition a lot. And when you were writing that book and the, the editor was kind of pushing you here and there, was that kind of a huge learning for you in how to write and how to create beautiful pieces of art? Massive, massive learning. I mean, he pushed me to go deep into myself. He taught me about creating from the soul, creating from your heart and your soul, not creating from your mind or creating from what audience wants or from what is popular. That doesn't work. You know, I, I thought it was math. You know, to me, it was math. It was like, well, that's popular. I'll do that. It works. Nothing works like that. Those things are those things are popular and successful because the person that created it wanted to create that from their heart and their soul. And then they did. And then it took flight. So, yeah, Richard Merrick was his, is his name. Yeah, he taught me so much. And I'm so grateful for that time. I was up for the challenge. How did you come across him? Online, just by happenstance, really, I was had written a draft of a novel, and then I was looking, researching something, and people kept talking to me about self-publishing, and I kept saying, no, no, I get a publishing deal, because I got big vision <laughs> and, and optimism. But then I just started to research self-publishing. I came across his website. It's an independent editor's group. They're out of New York, and it's a group that he started with a couple other uh, friends of his, and they're all very experienced book editors, novels and nonfiction, and they've been editors at big time publishers. He was the president of a publishing company. He published many famous books and most of them are, are a bit older, but they still want to work, but they don't want the you know day to day necessarily with a corporation that they, they don't necessarily need the money, but they love, they love to guide people. They love the craft. And I just came across his website. And when I read his profile, He published and he found uh, Silence of the Lambs, and he edited that book. He published and found uh, Rambo, which was a book before it was a movie, Uh, Zodiac, and the Bourne trilogy, Bourne Identity, and 13, I think, 13 to 14 Robert Ludlum books. He put a lot of people on the map, the biggest and the best, the the most defined characters. And I said, wow, (laughs) this is exceptional. I wrote him an email, and he agreed to work with me. You must have found being excited working with a guy who's been part of creating these big authors that we know and identify in the world of books and now in movies, you know? It was thrilling, and uh, he's an amazing person. What an exceptional guide. We got together in person a few times and spent some time, and he's just... Someone with that much life experience has so much to teach. It's exceptional. Yeah, the, the color that they bring to the to the conversation is quite colorful. Yeah, I mean, they know stuff that you don't even know that you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg, the book you wrote, what's it about? The first one was about an advanced energy technology called Zero Point Energy. And the second had an element of that, but it, it turned into um, 
sort of apocalyptic thriller uh, about a nuclear power plant meltdown outside New York City. Yeah, and then I, I published it in 2018, and uh, it's out there. <laughs> so, so you, you're a guy that likes quantum physics then and, and energy medicine and, and all that as well, right? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. I believe it. It's nice to, um, to ex explore these various technologies that, you know, would be great to integrate in society. As music is, is a form of frequency, you probably must have some understanding of it as a producer and an engineer. Sure, of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, to me, everything is frequency. Our bot, everything, every single thing, this desk, this computer, this Zoom transmission, it's all frequency. And it's being perceived in certain solid forms. But everyone knows that when, when music plays, it, how it impacts you. That impact comes from your key and your tonality to the rhythm, the arrangement, the way the melody is constructed, the types of instruments that are chosen, the tempo, the tuning. It's really remarkable when with all those things together, you, you have this amorphous shape, if you will, that's dancing in the air. And, and as that moves, that's how it can make you feel in your body. What I do with meditation music and ambient music, music for healing, I, I take it a step further by integrating the brainwave states. So knowing that in any given uh, time of day, we are delta, theta, alpha, beta, or gamma brain state. Uh, we're actually in, we're actually never just in one state, we're, we're in multiple states at the same time, but one is usually leading, uh, depending what we're doing. So if we're fast asleep, we're either in delta or theta, we're calm and alert, we are in uh, alpha state, and if we're very focused and fast moving and processing a lot, we're in a beta state. Gamma is the highest state, it has to do with intuition, conscious awareness, you know, fast cognitive function happening. With that in mind, and, and being able to take, take the music a step further, we, we can sort of select what we need to bring our energy where we desire. Strictly from a scientific point of view, metaphysics aside, which is absolutely amazing, of course, but for the folks that need the science, it's undeniable and it's been proven that your brain will sync to audio reproductions of brainwave states. Your, your brain hemispheres will sync and your brain waves will sync. So if you would like to, if you're work, let's say working in the office and you want to, you really need deep focus, you put on some beta waves. Could even put on alpha or gamma, just depending how you how you're feeling and where you need to, you know, bring your mind into. Once you do that, your brain goes there. The body follows suit. Your emotions follow suit. Your synapses are firing. Your your serotonin is flowing, and all of these biological things are then going to relate to your your energy field and your aura and your whole vibe and how you're going to interact with the world, and how you're going to carry yourself, and how you're going to interface with your day or whatever it is you're doing wow and i think that the greats like the likes of einstein all the scientific greats i think they use this music method that you just mentioned to get into that state of of high genius absolutely and some um possess certain states naturally we all possess certain things naturally that's kind of be kind of fascinates me and i noticed it with all the elements i mentioned with how the brain waves are functioning serotonin and, and focus and being able to, to learn, especially with learning and cognitive ability. Because 
I was talking to a friend uh, who's a piano teacher, and she's telling telling me about a student of hers who said um, he's a student at Harvard, and he's like a genius. He can learn the most advanced piece in two days. Wow. It's wow. pretty rare. So I look at that and I'm like, hey, why? What is, what is happening functionally? And that's what I mentioned. And for, for him, it's innate. He needs stuff to calm him down, right? Because he's flying all the time. So it's, it's, it's interesting how we all are interfacing with the world from a certain space and then needing things to balance us, either bring us up or bring us down, bring us to the middle to function. So I think it's like a weighing skills in our, in our heads. The energy balances or makes one higher or the other, depending on how we're feeling. 100%. Yeah, and it's, it's beautiful to have the uh, option, the opportunity to have lots of different types of music and binaural frequencies and things like that to help support us on where we need to go. And what's great about vibration and what's great about working with brainwave states is that it's better than coffee. You know, it's better than caffeine either. And there's wonderful supplements and, and, and they're wonderful and they're different ways. It's sort of a temporary fix, but if you're, you know, especially with caffeine, I feel like, if you can harmonize yourself daily, well then that's something that can last all day. Did you discover this this by chance or were you just playing around with, with different things and stumbled across this kind of music, Greg? I need it for myself because I, I, I can't focus. But now I'm a lot better. In the past, I terrible time focusing. I, I'd read uh, six sentences in a book and I'd be in space dreaming about something, uh, imagining, daydreaming. And I always had a problem focusing, which, you know, how convenient to have such a thing that would push me to create something. This is how a lot of things get created. The need to help ourselves and so 10 to 15 years ago, I just kept researching. How do you focus? How do you focus? What do you do? All right, I got all the supplements. Okay, wonderful. That works, you know, in its uh, own time. And then I, I came across binaural beats, brainwave stimulation, things like that. And so I downloaded other people's creations and I started using them and, I, and, and it really worked. I would put it on when I would read a book and I noticed I'm so focused and then I would I want to relax or meditate I put on a different one I just kept exploring how that all felt and this was mostly in the period where I stopped making music and then then I started I would start listening to regular music and some of it was okay and then some of it like I just couldn't listen to anymore it just didn't feel harmonious I didn't want to create any music and I didn't I was confused I didn't want to create any music unless it could be Harmonious, And it took me a while to figure out that I could. You, you could kind of do whatever you want. I get the feeling that something changed inside you when you started playing with binaural beats that where other music didn't sit right with your soul comparing before it did, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Definitely shook things loose in it. When you balance your brainwaves and when you were able to access, you know, deeper into your intuition and, and consciousness, there's something there. You, you subdue the the monkey mind, you know, as, as, they, as they call it, like in Buddhist meditation. And meditation alone does this, right? Meditation alone, with no music, with no binaural beats, just do you, a good meditator, you are sinking your brain hemispheres in, in a theta or alpha brainwave state. And when you do that, 
everything else follows suit and you're able to hear more you're able to hear more of your of your soul you're able to feel more of what you desire feel more of why you're here and what you would like to do what you would like to bring and offer to the world and you know having the the binaural beats and the music is an amazing tool to help facilitate that for those that it drops you in a lot faster for those just getting started and those just just enjoy that accompaniment in their in their practices i think it's like a orchestra and the soul is like the, the maestro and when the brain waves sync together the the winds the guitars all the the types of instruments combine together to make this hum and this hum with the maestro the soul creates this flow of energy through our body 100 percent and it's all it's just all energy it's like when you put the music on you go to sleep that can put you in the brainwave state wonderful and you go to sleep and then you can have something that's just playing this harmonious uh, waves in your space around your body you create and then you what's it what's it going to be like in your room what's it going to be like in your body it's going to be harmonious and it's all vibes you don't even have to be deep in metaphysics to understand it i think most people can understand that everyone is feeling You know, and everyone is like, I don't like the vibe of that. I don't like the energy of that. Even the most, the people that are the furthest from anything metaphysical or, or spiritual can understand that. And with that understanding, then we can understand that we can design and create our own space, the energy in our space, the vibe we want in our space and in our body. Why did you come up with the name Sinus? Signs? Yes. Uh, signs is, uh, I pull, it just came in and it was, you know, sine waves uh, is what most music is comprised of. So there's different types of waves, square waves, sawtooth waves, there's white noise, pink noise, brown noise, different things like that. And th- those are, these are all elements, they're really best laid out on like a synthesizer, like an analog synthesizer. And you have control, you would have controls to uh, modify all these things. Most things are comprised of sine waves. I just felt like, why not? <laughs> Made sense. And with the synthesizer, are we able to get the frequencies to get like the 174, the 528, or how did that come about? Well, that's all generated from signal generators. So, yeah, we do that in a computer. Those are raw frequencies, and that comes, the, the solfeggio tone scale comes from, you know, theory of age, you know ancient times, uh, Gregorian chant, and uh, do, re, mi, fa, so, the different ranges that they were vocalizing in. Um, and it's believed that they corresponded to these particular frequencies, which then you can take those particular frequencies and you can set them into different brainwave states. So you can have a 174528 in theta, delta, beta, alpha, gamma, whatever you want. Why to choose them? You know, you know I think the, you know, the ancients know something. You know, they were very connected, tapped into the earth, into the body and the mind, the spirit. And we use the synthesizers and other various instruments they use from all over the world to make these creations. And, uh, I also like to work in 432 or 444 hertz tuning instead of 440. And um, I just feel like those tunings evoke a different feeling than standard musical tuning. I think we're so used to standard musical tuning. Even if we don't go down the rabbit hole of metaphysics and conspiracies and whatever, to take a new fresh road feels incredibly different in the body. 
Do you think those two frequencies are completely different to the frequencies we're normally used to in normal music? Yeah, well, 432 is a detuning from 440. So the instruments, the, the strings on instruments, and then this relates to pianos, guitars, whatever. And the sound waves get longer. Everything gets looser. Again, like metaphysics aside, uh, I love me, love me all the metaphysics. You know, I want everyone to be able to understand is that when you have a longer sound waves, things feel slower. Things feel more meditative, more dropped in. So I've experimented listening to all of these. And when I listen to 432, I feel really connected to myself and I feel really in my body and I feel, you know, it just really like, feels like it can get into myself. I think it's just a slower sound wave. It doesn't matter the tempo of the music, but it's just, the sound waves are still longer. With 444, it's brighter than 440. With that, it's like it draws your attention. It's giving you this keen engagement. You know, I feel like you really focus into the depth of something with it. And so I use the tunings depending upon what I want to evoke from the music to the listener. I think you're, with this kind of music, you're, you're an artist as well. And do you feel that when you're in that flow of putting these things together, you, you are kind of experiencing your own inner experience through creating this, this kind of music? As an artist, why are you experiencing the, cre- the creative aspect of, of pushing all these technical musicians and frequencies together, but there's no vocals, so it's still music in some way. But how do you go about, as an artist, designing accomplishments like this? What's the creative process, or how did I come up with it? Or Both. <laughs> it just was, yeah, learning along the way, learning from other sound healers, friends of mine, you know, had their ways that they created things and people that created for them. And so just learning from others, listening to others' creations. I think that's how a lot of us learn about a lot of things. There's always someone that came before us, uh, many people. So uh, I like to study all of that, and then you kind of find, well... Uh, you want to do your own thing with it. I want to. I, I hear this. I want to. I want, I want to do this like that, and I'm going to add this on it. Now you've made it your own. I think most creators do that, or all creators do that. What I did was, you know, I found my process. I found what elements I needed. You know how? Okay, I need. I need the bass to be like this certain way, and I have various things I like to use for that. And then I, I just create in a flow. I don't think too much, and I and I end up with a a layered composition with all types of things playing. And then after that, I go and I start arranging. Bring this element in here, bring this in there, bring this in here. And I'm looking at, well, what is this? What am I evoking with this piece? And if it's, uh, you know, meditation, and then it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like I want the bass to come in and I want it to be, just put you on this river that doesn't stop. And then, and nature sounds. So it's all about what the music is telling you at once. And then once it does that, it's kind of, it's telling you what it is. And then once you know that, other ideas come in of how you would like to uh, to sculpt it. And then I brought in other elements of like mixing in 3D sound, Dolby Atmos. So I mix a lot of these in Dolby Atmos. Uh, for people who don't know what that is, usually use 16 speakers in a room, four on the ceiling, the rest surrounding you completely, and with one or two subwoofers for the low frequencies and with that you create a creating a fully immersive experience so you're sitting inside the musical composition and 
incredibly powerful. And now I've been exploring other tools to take that into streaming and into headphones. There's some friends of mine who make incredible software that can render that down into a, a stereo mix, but you can get, you can really get that kind of a immersive depth. And it's, yeah, it's just like pushing the boundaries with, with technology. It's just about, you know, what's, what's new? How do we make it better? And, and the, the universe is always, you know, changing. Earth is always changing. And so we, so as it changes innately, uh, that's like beyond society. It's just, it's, it's a, it's its own entity, natural entity that is changing. And as it changes and refines itself and evolves, then we, we shall go with it and do the same. I've listened to your to music, Greg, and what fascinates me is that there's no vocals, but yes, it's telling a story to you through the the complication, the composition of instruments and frequency, which is fascinating as well. Thank you. Now, I also still producing popular music. It won't be in that same arrangement as meditation music, but various types of music that's going to be coming out this year that does have vocals. It wouldn't be considered new age. But uh, I'm able to use a lot of these same principles from, you know, meditation music, healing music, etc., and bring them into all forms of music. So it can be jazz, it could be R&B, it could be hip hop, it could be pop. And I can look at that differently and look like it's still that genre. But what can I do to make it more interesting? What can I do to evoke something more from the listener? What can I do to really put the listener into the emotional state that the artist really wishes to evoke with the story and the spirit of the song. That's very exciting to me, to take it into that. And then I do have my own music beyond the ambient music that will have vocals on it. But those become different genres, so. That must be interesting trying to fit different genres into this particular type of tools in some way. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. It's not, it's not really hard to do. It's, uh, it's just taking a different perspective on it. It's what everyone wants to evoke, but you know, the question is, are you really evoking it? You know, it's like watching a movie. It's like, does this scene really make me feel a certain way? Do I really feel sad, happy, scared? And if they've done a great job, the answer is yes. If they've just done a job, well, then the answer might be no. And I think, I think the answer is no a lot of times just be based on industry and the speed at which things get done and focus on marketing and uh, things of that nature. I think is there's more of a rarity of that feeling coming across. And uh, I want to have that back. I feel like that's so important. I think we're missing it as a human race, and I think it's so important as well. It's, it's what makes us humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greg, uh, some of the artists you've worked with, is, is there something that if you could apply what you're learned now to that, would you do that? Or would it just be the fact that that kind of music that artist didn't sit right with the tools and the knowledge and the, what you're doing at the moment, it sounds like a new new age in the sense of we had vinyl, now we had CDs, now we have streaming, and now it seems like what you're kind of doing is providing another gloss onto the onto the music uh, production in some way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Are you saying are artists receptive to it? Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. There's going to be a number of very well-known artists. I started with some this year, and the projects haven't come out, so I'm not going to mention yet but who they are. But there is a want and a need for depth, and the artists want it, especially these artists 
that have gone through the music, music industry, they've put out a number of records. They're almost bored in a sense in that, you know? They're amazing, intelligent beings and they love to push the boundaries of things. But they've pushed a lot of the boundaries that have been available already, whether it was like a certain type of production and fashion and the show and the, and the and all that kind of stuff. It's it's all great, but to bring in to bring in this where their music can then, you know, impact people deeper, that's the new and that's the need and that's what they want they want to do. That's what we all want to do is help others impact others, share a story that can help others with their story. How wonderful to do that in complete harmony. What does harmony look like for you in your own mind? Uh, being in alignment with my truth. So speaking the truth, just being unabashedly honest with oneself and with others, no matter what the reaction of someone else may be, whether it's a judgment or a personal reaction that they may have to to a situation you're engaging with uh, with them. When you sit down and do music, how how do you find the harmony in your paintbrushes that you use to to create the best picture that either what you're doing or someone else is is letting you produce? Feeling, no thinking, no getting in the mind, feeling, and just painting. Let the fingers dance on the on the keyboard. Just whatever the idea comes in. Oh, I hear guitar. Okay, grab the guitar. Don't judge it. Don't analyze it. Ooh, what about that drum? Oh, I just looked at this shaker over there. What about this thing I got from Africa? What about this thing? I... Why not? You know, I think that's the best way to create is why not? Oh, that an ocean drum should be in a hip hop song. Well, who says that? Let's just try it. And then all of a sudden you got something new. So this is this is how I like to work. Just let it speak to me. I just react. Yeah, where you've no boundaries. It just flows and whatever comes, whatever happens. Yeah, don't, and don't judge it. Don't, oh, it sounds like this. Yeah, so what? That could be the best next sounding thing ever. You know, I think a lot, a lot of people get in their minds when they create and it hampers the creation. Even if they actually finish the creation, clear when it's gone into their mind. You know, you could hear that. You could feel that. It doesn't completely resonate. You know, so that's all a learning process get out of the mind. The mind is a hard drive. The mind is a storage system. Use it as such. But the navigation comes from your intuition. Intuition is the key for everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's why when we watch something or listen to something, we connect because the intuition connects with us and makes us feel a completely different way than what we think can happen. Mm-hmm. 100%. And probably as a, a guy who sits down and produces music, the editor has to stay away because if the editor, editor of you comes in, it'll hamper the, the quality of the sound in some way. 100%. Edit later. And that's a reaction too. You could, I mean, you can edit while you make music too. It doesn't, but it's a, it's all should be reactionary and feeling based. Feel like this part should go there. Okay. We move the part there. And I, I've spent time of my life in my head. Horrible place to be. To go into any sort of analysis on something doesn't work. It's it's like what's your first reaction, and that's and go with that. Greg, you probably have you know the way the the musical landscape has has changed, the technology has changed. You probably have noticed that from, like I say, going from vinyl to streaming. You have you enjoyed the process and the advancement, the technology where we are are at the moment? Absolutely. Yeah, it's so much easier to have software 
the accessibility is incredible to real to literally have every piece of music at your fingertips searchable through a computer is unbelievable the access you you just couldn't have that many records and cds it would be nuts and there's something beautiful to having the physical medium as well so to you know you have certain albums that are really special to you and you want to get the vinyl it's wonderful i have a i have a vinyl player I actually just made some vinyl of uh, of alter perspectives 360 edition we made some vinyl because we because we like it and it's fun it's an art piece was it hard to make the vinyl no that's a that's the mastering guys do that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have to do it uh it, uh, it just get, yeah we just hire fred and dick townsend uh, incredibly mastering engineer and he cuts the vinyl masters and then uh, send it to the manufacturing yeah it's it's a cool process it's funny to think how we're in the 21st century and we're now back to using vinyl in some way as as we were like back in the 80s and the 90s you know well you can't beat the sound of certain things that's the thing analog sound you know computers are amazing but i we use both i use both and a lot of most professionals in depth of creative creating music use both meaning you know we have tube amps tube preamps compressors and vintage microphones and keyboards and vintage guitars and all these things and the, the reason is because the older stuff was made so well the components of it were were of such quality and for some things they can't even get the material anymore to recreate it and also it came with with an era it came with a time it came with you know there was a particular engineer who did something a certain way put certain components together and that thing gives you a certain sound and that certain sound just happens to be amazing so that's why we have new and old tools uh working together and you know same with vinyl here you know the sample rate is not limited and and thus the sound is going to be of a greater quality than uh than a standard digital sound in your production room greg what is your favorite tool you like using i love them all i probably would say software is amazing like ableton live I've been enjoying recently and I use Pro Tools a lot. The software just I couldn't imagine doing a lot of this stuff on analog tape. It would be some of it would be nearly impossible and I really admire like producers like Alan Parsons and folks like that that did Pink Floyd and all these amazing albums way back and how they had to do it with all analog tape. Multiple tape machines together and the margin for error and the time so much time to get what they needed out of that so i feel like it's a lot easier to uh create these days with software there's also something to the analog thing because it's, it it evokes a different creative process and and a certain depth to creative process so that's kind of cool too but yeah i love my analog synthesizers and, and on different types of software i have things like that I think that the producers at that time that were working analog, I'd say if they were, some of them are probably still around today, but I'd say that that perfection of getting it right on the first take or two instead of now we can just make a thousand takes and we can forget about making mistakes because we can automatically re- erase it due to the advancement of technology. Yep, 100%. It took them out of their heads too. They just had to do it. When they did it, they were like, that's it, we love it, cool mix it mixing was five guys on a mixing board to get the there you know there was no automation automation 
was five people at a mixing board. <laughs> when, you know, on verse three, pan it to the left. On this one, you know, and everyone, and they did it. And it's amazing. There's something really amazing about that. I actually would like to do, I'd like to do a record like that. I have a friend who does his records all analog like that, eight, on an eight track tape machine. And they sound amazing. And that's how they do it. They just overdub stuff, stack things, uh, put this with the keyboard, so put that with that, you know? They do it, and the songs are amazing. When you say the sound is, is way better, is that regarding quality, or what, what do you mean? The analog sound? Yeah. Yeah, it's the quality, because in, in digital, you, you're dealing with sample rate and bit depth. You're limited to, you know, it's like ones and zeros. Now, of course, time advances, and sample rate and bit depth goes up. Now you could do a, you know, 32 bit, 192 kilohertz. Actually even saw like some stuff that has like 300 some kilohertz and maybe 64 bit. So you could get really detailed there, but analog tape has infinite sample rate and bit depth. It has no ceiling, but you also have the element that analog tape imparts, which is like a warmth. So it rounds off sounds. You know, there's, it, it, it takes away the harshness, makes it sound really warm and brings in harmonics to it. And that other pieces of analog gear do that too. That's why we use them still. Things with tubes in them, it brings harmonics, it brings a richness to the sound. So it, we record through these things and then we record into digital. So we've gotten the analog to impart its character on the sound. And now we can edit it in digital, so it's really the best way to work now. I'm hearing it's like having a bottle of wine and a, and a beer. One's a little bit warmer and the one's a little bit colder. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's just how it is, you know? Who can really explain it? It's, it's, it's physics, it's, it's engineering. Yeah, there's just, a, there's just there's a difference when you get something and you run it through tape or tubes and circuitry. It does something that is can be very hard to emulate digitally. They can emulate it to a certain degree, and they've done wonderful, and there's tons of those things I use, but it, it's just really hard to emulate certain things digitally. Greg, when you started off, you were this guy who loved listening to all sorts of music. Do you still listen to all sorts of music, or you've kind of gone towards getting the, the brain right and the meditation right music as well? Uh, I, I still listen to all types of music, but I, I definitely enjoy binaural waves and ambient music. I listen to a lot of binaural tones, like just pure tones every day for sure. But that like, it just helps me clear my mind and get in the space I need to be because I, I'm involved, like I'm creating so much. So I'm hearing music all the time. It's like a palate cleanser, if you will. But yeah, absolutely. I love listening to all types, all the types I mentioned before, jazz, you know, psychedelic rock. And I was just listening to some Little Richard because Little Richard transcended to another world and I was listening to some Little Richard, got into that. Kenny Rogers, uh, you know, when people pass and then you, you get to reminiscing with their sound and it's amazing that you still get to hear them and listen to them in a different way and just see what they were bringing to the world. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's like when you drink, a, you, at the beginning you taste a nice bottle of wine and then a couple of years later you open that bo same bottle of wine again and you appreciate even more than the first time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I also wonder with the greats that have passed away, if they were in today's era now with the technology we have, what what kind of creations would, would be out now? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Different time, different space, different place. 
hey, there's still greats today. There's greats that are 12 years old. Just a different landscape, more people in the world, bigger populations. So it's just a bigger ocean. There's just so, there's just so much more, especially with technology. Back in the day, like you just had, you were, you know, if you were so great, they would they promoted you and people knew about you. Now you could be so great and no one might know, you know, no one might know about you. So it's just it's just a different different landscape. Yeah, like I listen to a lot of music myself, and it's it's a constant new, 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 and you you, you sometimes forget about the old stuff until you play it, play it again. Mm-hmm. Greg, if if there was one piece of advice that you could give someone on the street that you meet for the first time, what would it be? Follow your intuition. Follow your heart. Follow the voice in your head, no matter how ridiculous it seems. Of course, as long as it's not a voice telling me to hurt people. And listen to no one's judgment. Listen to no one's opinions. You know, li- listen to advice. Take it. Look at it. See if it makes sense for you. Try to find a mentor and just go for what you want, no matter how distant it seems, how scary it seems, how impossible it seems. It's not. It's just the path. It's like it's like climbing Mount Everest. You're at the bottom and you look all the way up there. Oh, my gosh. Weeks. Don't be discouraged by that. Just just start walking. Just keep that goal. Just keep that peak right in your focus. And just keep walking towards it. Did you have a mentor in your life? Richard Merrick, who edited my books, I consider him, became a mentor to me over those years in that way. Yeah, he would give me some life lessons here and there uh, and a lot of others that related to the creating, but but the life lessons and the creating became one and the same. So that was a big one. And then um, other people I met along the way, spiritual workers, spiritual leaders and such, that really help guide me and stick with my heart and, and other people who yeah girlfriends i consider so many people like mentors you know just in dip, it's like you take a slice from each one different ways you know learning things along the way as a creator what creates that the burning desire or that fire in in your, your stomach to do what you want to do wow that's a that's a spark from your soul you know that can't even be defined that's like that's like a how does your heart beat? It's its own, you know, Taurus field of energy. It's what we came in to do. We all, we all do all these different things and we create this rich tapestry called Earth. And we all are playing different roles. You know, there's guys out, guys, gals out there passionate about picking up the trash and sorting it. True. Passionate about it. It's awesome. We are all needed. They need music. I need the trash picked up. And you can relate that in so many ways to so many things. If you could give advice to um, your younger self, what would it be? Same advice as I would give the other person on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you know, just focus. One thing I didn't realize was, I think I was maybe like so used to the spirit world when I was younger. It's like I I didn't realize that being in a human body and doing things took a lot of effort and... So it was like, be patient, practice, learn, enjoy, smile, do the things that call to you, do them well, spend time with them, immerse yourself, take your time, take your time, take the depth of it. 
Greg, do you think you've you've mastered self mastery in a your profession and B? No, <laughs> I think I've come a long way, and I've learned a lot. But there's, I think like there's always something. There's always something. Even when you think you got it, ah, I got it. Life's going to show you something else because there's veils on consciousness and on what you need to learn. You know, it's like you go through one door and there's another door. You go through another door and there's another door. And so you could have gone through a thousand doors. You could know, certainly be holding a lot of, you know, life experience and knowledge. But uh, I don't know if uh, either is to really be mastered. I think the learning is endless. Greg, I want to say thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and sharing with you. Share, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Cool. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.